We are in studio with Mr. Mzwabantu Pili, who is Ngonde from PE. He's a community member here. He's a loyal listener of SAFM. And we thought it most appropriate, given the fact that I am here in Port Elizabeth, that we would take this opportunity to converse with quite truly a loyal listener. He is going to call Stephen Hrotus. He's going to call Nael Pondwana and everybody in between. Why is it that we get his attention? Why is it that he's always here? Why is it that he's always contributing? What is his interest? Who, more importantly, is he? Mr. Mzobando Pili Mikina of the SFM community, Ngonde from Port Elizabeth. Good evening, Mklegas. Evening, Pungan. <laughs> you had to say that. Sir, thank you so much for taking your time to come here. We appreciate your presence. Give us a background as to who you are. You're a resident of Port Elizabeth, and people obviously know you because you're always calling. You are affectionately known to our listeners as Ngonde. Who is Ngonde, therefore? Ngonde is Mziwabantu. Mziwabantu Pilimnikina. And this name of Mziwabantu was given by my grandfather when my mother was two months old, carrying me. At the time, there were no ultrasound, but I was given that name, and that name was to stick up to today. I did my early education right here in PE, Kamaloa Primary High School, Cowen High School, where I was a fellow student with a famous businessman in this area called him Kuselijek, whom I'm so proud of because where I was born in Konega Street, I've just heard that that name will now be changed to Kuselijek, and I'm so proud of that. When we were having a conversation with a young couple, Mr. and Mrs. Kumalo, you had something to say to them as you were watching them, as you were listening to them. You've obviously done this before, many years ago. You wanted to say something to them, and I stopped you because I wanted you to say what you were saying to them on air. What is that? Well, to the young couple here, I said um, the wedding is actually an event. It doesn't last long. Marriage itself is an experience. It lasts longer. You can have the same example with somebody giving birth, right? Having a child is an event, that childbirth. However, raising a child is an experience. My wedding will be like the Kumalos. No questions asked, please. That is Chilis Mabekwe, who says, my wedding will be like the Kumalos. Huh? Wishful thinking. I know, Chilis, you're not going to get away with that. I would support you 100%. We're from the same family and all. I promise you now you're not going to get away with that. And I would be so glad if I am wrong. I would be so glad if I'm wrong because that is your wish for yourself. Going back to Mr. Nikina, otherwise known as Nwanda. Nwanda, tell us about Port Elizabeth, the kind of community that this is. You were listening to the conversation we were having with Mr. Chefuta, who's now the advisory member in the cabinet of Mr. Oscar Mabuyane. When you think of Port Elizabeth, when you experience other parts of the country, what memory do you cherish of Port Elizabeth and what memories do you wish that other people could have, have have experienced as you have in this part of the community? Let's celebrate Port Elizabeth and Nes Palugazai. Port Elizabeth is a friendly city. In Kosa, they will say Imbai Alambatu. Growing in this city, you've got a wealth of experience. You gain experience from those who have traveled before you. As I've said before, I mentioned Kuseli Jek. He was not the only one. Um, you had guys like Mtwabo Ndube that I used to listen to the Radio Freedom with him in the early 70s. Most people will not know that. Now, these two gentlemen, Mtwabo Ndube and Kusta, are the giants in the political landscape of this area. Now, besides that, the very same area of PE, sport 
you would know the famous family of the Majolas. Um, one of their famous sons is, we call him Gayla here in PE. To most of people of cricket, they will call him Gerald Majola. We used to call him Gayla. I used to play cricket with him as an eight-year-old in his place in Tembaletu. He actually taught me cricket together with his brother, Kaya the Late, and uh, Vuyo Majola. So PE then has got sport, there's religion here, there's basically everything. If you want to grow as a mature adult, this is the place to be. Let's talk about the Majolas and the Jacks. These are really household names, especially in the African community. And they translate not just cricket, but in rugby as well. How have they allowed Port Elizabeth to get the necessary recognition? Because we know Gerald Majol at some point was the longest serving CEO in South African cricket after he took over. Um, forget about everything else that happened after that. But in terms of just bringing prominence to the region, and we saw when he was there, South African cricket for a long time was not only just profitable, but had some of the most prolific cricketers, Mock Boucher, Graham Smith, Sean Pollock, um, Jacques Cullis, Makayandini especially. Have we lost our way a bit? I mean, of course, we probably, the, the answer is probably obvious given the fact that we are doing the way we are doing in the World Cup. But more than that, how are these areas that are somewhat outside the mainstream being targeted or not to continue producing the kind of cultural leaders that South Africa has so much of and PE no less. As I said, I mean, PE, there's a wealth of experience here. Before I go with Gayla Machol again, Gerald, let me start with his mother. You see, Gayla's mother was running a place called Oza, right here in New Brighton in PE. Now, at the time, I was about eight or nine or ten. Now, growing up under the, you know, mentorship of Gayla's mother in Oza, there was something in the corner there that I could never understand at the time. It says, brighten the corner. Growing up as an adult, I knew exactly what it meant. Mm. It meant wherever you are, you must make a difference. Brighten the corner where you are. That is what Gayla's mother inculcated to all of us growing up. As a youth, we had no problem with the nyawopis, drugs, smoking, whatever. Precisely because in that water, you were taught by Gayla's mother... And the gentleman who used to be there, things like draft or checker, some people call it, chess, table tennis, there were various indoor sports that were played there. That took us as youth away from dysfunctional behavior. And I say thank you very much to Gela's mother for allowing us to grow in our youth as well-behaving youth who had ambitions growing going forward. For example, as early as high primary and high school, at 13 and 14, we used to understand where the United States was in the Cold War. For example, if the United States builds a Pershing 1 cruise missile, we would know about it and we would discuss it. That will be history to some other people. And I was a student of mathematics and science. So growing up in PE, you had those people who will motivate you to encourage you to be the best you can be. We're in conversation with Mr. Mzwabandu Bilim Nikina, otherwise known as Nonde, famous caller in the SFM studios who will call anyone between Stephen Khrotas and Niall Pondwana on any given day. Let's talk about what you really touched on, and I'm interested in that, the political consciousness of the region. Port Elizabeth did contribute to the struggle. Port Elizabeth is a prominent feature in that this was in many respects the gateway to the 1820 settlers and their arrival a couple of centuries ago. When you were a young person, what preoccupied the conversations with your peers and your contemporaries 
I mean, you were you are aware of what the U.S. Army was manufacturing. These are the conversations you'd be having. This speaks to political consciousness of kind. Do you want to tell us more about that? As I said, PE, there's a wealth of experience here. These giants that are just spoken about, just the two of them, there's many of them. Maduakas, Piom, Timkulu. But I just mentioned those two people. I was, I was close to them. Mtuabundube and Mkuselijek. Now, growing up, you just have no chance to waste your time being engaged in dysfunctional behavior. As I said before, in the early 70s, because we knew the SABC was used as an ideological tool during apartheid, right? For example, empirical evidence will reveal that any state uses two methods to control its people, what is called the ideological state apparatus, or your media and religion, all right? Now, we knew that as early as 14, 13 years old. So instead of listening to SAPC, which we knew was propaganda, right, we would listen to Radio Freedom, where we would listen to the leaders of the ANC, right, in what is called short wave, not frequent modulation, a short wave in a powerful radio. So we knew that there was an alternative truth to what we were hearing, which we could not be gullible. For example, you would hear in the radio during apartheid that two members of the defense force were killed by the terrorists and two other terrorists were murdered. And we just could not stomach that. We knew it was not true. And if you want to listen to the alternative truth, you have to listen to alternative source of the media. It must have been at some point difficult being a young man operating in this in this climate. You you are you are trying to figure out who you are. In the seventies you mentioned. I mean Tatubigo was killed. Then you hear your contemporaries in Soweto are getting killed, most famous of them, Hector Peterson. The world order is also changing. Television is introduced then for the first time, Rian Kreivach. And then you've got the truth, and then you have the alternative truth. You are probably faced with decisions as to whether or not, do I take up arms? Do I go underground? Am I prepared for Robben Island? Am I prepared to be completely unaccounted for, like Opepeta were in this region? What gave you the drive? What kept you going? What, what, I mean, when you call, you, you engage on a variety of issues. What kept you going? Songhezo, the previous guests, the Kumalos that were here, they make their own rules because it is them that will be living in the future, right? So, growing up in PE, I knew that based on the law of potentiality, which I never understood at that time, is that I was capable of achieving anything. For example, obviously you do take some risk and you will concede that you were lucky then. When I left for the United States in 79 mm. and came back in 1980, ironically, Jake and other people were at the airport HFR Wood at that time to welcome me. Wearing uniform, giving the impression that things were normal. Arriving in New Brighton, I could see that things were not normal. There were rovers all over the show. In that year, 1980, there was no schooling in PA at all. And I remember when I was in the United States of America in Lexington, I used to call my friends. Kentucky. No, not Lexington, Kentucky. Lexington, Massachusetts. Oh, Lexington, Massachusetts. In New England. That is where the famous Kennedy families yes. used to go. And during my summer vacation in the United States, I went to Martha's Vineyard Island. Now, J.F. Kennedy, Robert Kennedy, Ted, they would go there for their vacation. I was there. Anyway. I used to call my friend when I was in the States, watching the time differences, of course, call Masumba. 
and I would ask Masumba to brief me as to what was happening in the country at that time. And my friend would lie to me, obviously, trying to say, Joe, you know what I mean? Him being in prison, if you tell me the truth. Because I would see the rovers in Soweto and in some other areas in the TVs of America. And I knew whatever I was watching on the telly overseas was not beamed in this country. Definitely. So Masumba, protecting obviously himself, could not tell me the truth. So when I came back in 1980, I was not surprised that things were abnormal. Not at all. So again, it was that consciousness of everybody, whether you were a political activist or animal, you were just conscious about this thing. For example, when I came back from the States, I brought with me the book of Steve Biko, the hardcover version, which I bought in New York right together with another book which i knew was banned here called the mystery of Babylon religion now if i were arrested if i were to be arrested in Jan Smarts at that time it was five years straight in jail but i took that risk reason i wanted other people to read what i was reading i gave that book to a friend of mine unfortunately has since passed on Tandoela. when he read that book he could no longer live in alice he then went to exile because of the consciousness you got from that book of Steve Biko. Yeah, yeah. Stories you will otherwise never hear. Mr. Mzobandu Bili Nikina Ungondek. He's in studio. I've spoken to him many times. We've spoken on many issues. But the story that lies hidden and the voice that carries it now. Oh my, oh my. I'm blessed today. Mr. Nayel Pondwan is on the line. Good evening, Nayel. Molochadeb. Yes, sir. The God, the Shubi, Kim Kul, Ayman, no more. I'm a bit jealous that you have the chance to speak to Um Zobandu Billy. Then I get, and this is eating on late because I'm in Bloomfontein even right now. Just do me a favor, take a photo together so that I can get to see and live vicariously through you. But more than anything, I was a, I was very intrigued by him talking about reading because. There was a, a confession that uh, Ungonde uh, made on radio. Ungonde, um, uh, you once said you are visually impaired, you're blind. And I'm hearing you buying books, you're reading books. And I've always been wondering, how do you access the information? Because I don't know if our country is as caring and responsible to the visually impaired as to produce all these books that you have read in, in Braille, for that matter. So how do you do it? How do you acquire the information that you have? Because that fascinates me to engage people who have information, who are not umzing in a conversation. All right. Naya, the challenge that I've got of being visually impaired, I was not born like this, of course. Right? Okay. For example, in 2015, to be specific, I was doing one of my postgrad studies at UWC. Okay. To achieve a cum laude during those studies, I was using two systems. One is called a Merlin. It looks like a computer, right? Whereby the font is made larger. The other one that was portable was called an Amigo. So with those two instruments that I was using, that students who are visually impaired at UWC in the Office of Students with Disabilities would use that available technology to read so yes Naya, if you are visually impaired but you've got requisite technology to enable you to prosper or to do what you have to do those were the instruments that i was using at the time Naya, oh, final comments oh, 
how how did you how did you meet your your disability? Because you're saying you were not born that way. What happened for you to be visually impaired? Okay, thank you so much. We're going to cut Naya and we're going to respond. That one is going to continue responding. Naya, please listen on the radio. Thank you so much for your contributions. Okay, when I realized Naya in 2015, you know that um, my sight is failing, I did obviously the obvious thing go to an optometrist. My eyes were checked, and he said the condition of the eyes does not, do not require um, spectacles. That's the optometrist told me. He then suggested that I go to an ophthalmologist, which I did. Um, in Hrotskir. I then compare what he was telling me. Um, I won't mention this doctor's name. Another ophthalmologist who happens to be the daughter of Mark Bauscher. If you recall, Mark Bauscher, the wicked keeper, had some problem with his eyes. It is that doctor who operated on him. His name will remain anonymous, right? I also went to visit him. So, comparing the report of those two ophthalmologists, I had to relax and accept my condition. Remember, I am not disabled. I am living with a disability. It is nuanced, but that's the way it is. So that means, at the moment, I would use every available means that I can. If I can have my phone being, phone being increased um, in some expensive cell phones or something, I would do that. Listen to the radio, right? Listen to various medias on the TV, CNN, which sometimes can be, you know, having some propaganda, I will then change to artists and other channels. Basically, Naye, I am very much aware that you cannot gallop one information, right? You need to check your sources and have a holistic view of what you are reading or listening to. That's basically, Naye, what I've been able to do to keep myself up um, with new current information. Mr. Mnigina, you live in Port Elizabeth. And I would never in a million years have had the opportunity to engage so genuinely. Where I, I, I'm at one with you now from a radio perspective. I'm just happy to listen to you. And perhaps this has given us an idea. Lesejo has just confirmed that we should do this all the time. Tapping into the spaces where real South African gems of stories are stored. The story needs to be told. The story, fortunately, is going to be podcast. And for anyone who cares to listen, listen to this again. And I'm fortunate in the sense that the commandos are still here, of course. They're not twerking. They're still here. Listen to this conversation. And it's so real. It's so genuine. Final comments to you. What You've been listening to me for a long time now on air, and I'm trying to build attraction for myself. Be frank, as you have always been online. How do you see SAFM moving forward now? How do you see us participating in giving you this information that you are disseminating at every given hour? I mean, you're an elder to me. You've been to the States. I've only just recently been there. You know what information is worth and how its spread is useful to the country. Empower me, please. I'm your son. Speak to me favorably. <laughs> or critically. Broadly, critically broadly for SAFM, uh, you guys must just continue what you're doing, right? Then there's a number of your colleagues, journalists at SAFM, um, that used to impress me. And I had no idea why they left SAFM. I'll mention a few. Nigwe Pekisha, John Pellman, Eric Mieni. Now you see those three that I just mentioned, there's others as well, right? Whenever they are on the radio, you get the distinct impression that these are not reading from the script, right? These are creative individuals, right, who are authentic, who are original, 
who are not gullible, just doing because they are being told to do. So if you guys can continue on that trend, not giving us one line of information, otherwise we're not gullible individuals. For example, I know that CNN is against Trump, yet Fox is for Trump. Mm. So if you guys at SAFM can be aware, right, that comprehensive knowledge of anything is unattainable. So you guys need to read and read more, right? The more you read, you will discover song as even yourself. Mm. That the more you read, the little you know. And once you know more, you will have this um, self-evident truth, right? People who matter don't mind. And people who don't matter do mind. I'm saying that because people like Professor Nikala, for example, don't mind being called professor. If calling KBC is fine and so forth. People who matter don't mind. People who don't mind, they think they matter. Thank you so much. Perfect way to end this beautiful show. I couldn't be happier as a talk show host as I am today. Thank you so much for everybody who has participated. And I'm so sorry for not being able to give everybody who has tried to call an opportunity. I think for the most part, it was all worth it. Good night.